This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning. Welcome to Resource Centre. This is Audrey Raj. Now, in a recent survey by Ranset Malaysia, one in two respondents said that they would leave their jobs to pursue healthier work-life balance. Now, data from that same report also showed that one in three Malaysians are planning to switch jobs in 2023. And when broken down into generations, millennials are the most likely to switch jobs at 42%, followed by Gen Z at 37%, and Gen X at 29%. Now, this clearly shows the push for work-life balance, especially amongst the core segment of the workforce today, the millennials, and a shift in the way we define what work means to us and what it should do for us. So for more clarity on what the report uh, entails uh, and what employers can do to manage this recent shift in culture and expectations. We have online with us today, Director of Technology at Randstad Malaysia, Jonathan Sia. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Hi, right, thanks, Audrey. Thanks for having me on the show. Right. So now, the uh, Jonathan, the, the statistic that I mentioned at the top of the show on work-life balance was from Randstad's uh, 2023 Employer Brand Research Report. Now, before we go any further and dissect, uh, you know, all the, the, the fun bits of that report, maybe you can talk to us about the survey and why Randstad uh, undertakes the study every year. Yeah. So maybe give me a little background of uh, Randstad Employer Brand uh, Research Report, right? So, it's actually one of the world's largest uh, brand research report, and it's based on the perceptions of uh, both employee and also job seeker uh, across 32 markets with 163,000 respondents around the world. So in Malaysia, we are having our eighth edition right now. And in terms of respondents, we have around like 2,529 respondents, and mostly between the age of 18 to 64 years old, they actually mm. do the research as well. And the main reason why we did this for the past eight editions is because uh, to focus mainly on talent expectation. Um, what we are looking for is um, to look at the expectation of employees when they look for an ideal employer, what's important for them, and also uh, when they look for a job, as well as the reason on why they are quitting as well. Right. Okay, before we get into the why they're quitting, uh, I want to really talk about this whole work-life balance thing because I feel like we've been talking about it for a decade. You know, we've called it work-life balance, work-life integration. We say there's no such thing. And then COVID happens and then there's so much of... Uh, there's so much flexibility in the way we work and suddenly we're talking about work-life balance again. And, and you know, according to your report, it really feels like Malaysians are searching for it and they're willing to quit their jobs in search for that work-life balance, right? But what does good work-life balance look like to Malaysians? Yeah, um, I think before I kind of go towards that, right? So maybe I can explain what do I mean by like, you know, work-life balance. And I think a lot of people like kind of assume that, you know, work-life balance is work remotely, especially, mm. you know, after COVID, right? Uh, but I think the deeper definition of what work-life balance is, it's there's few things that we can look at. So it's one of it is basically having the flexibility to actually work anytime and anyway, as long as they meet the deadline. So that's one of it. And second thing is that they're looking at having enough personal time to do things with people that they like and they care about. And the third thing is they're trying to incorporate work uh, into their life and also family plans. So, I mean, in a short form, we call it like, you know, work-life integration as well. So that is a 
better definition of how you look at work-life balance rather than just because I think a lot of people kind of assume it's just work remotely that's work-life balance so it's not really the case Hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, I mean, so I understand that work-life balance was one of the main reasons why, um, like you see, one in two respondents from this um, report said that they would leave their jobs. But, you know, well, that, what else can you tell us from this study about why Malaysians would decide to leave their employer? Hmm. Yeah, so, and there's a lot of like, uh, like different reasons, but let me uh, point it out to like three main things, uh, okay, based on the report itself. And so... Obviously, a lot of people think that, you know, people quit uh, is about salary, but that's not always the case. And actually, one of the important things that we found out from the research is that uh, employee experience plays a very important role, okay, in the reason why they quit. So, in the report itself also kind of stated that 33% planning to switch jobs in 2023 itself is because they wanted to improve their work-life balance and, in other words, spend more time with families and try to integrate work with uh, their personal life as well. And the second thing is the reason why they want to leave is because of lack of career growth opportunities. So why I mentioned this is that they prefer to have like a better training and development program and also a clear uh, work structure in order to measure their KPIs. And so like, for example, you can take an example at where we are, Rensac Malaysia, right? So we emphasize a lot in terms of career growth by having a clear uh, structure in terms of promotion as well. So the moment an employee hit certain things and then they will get the promotion. So that's one thing which uh, a lot of employees are actually looking for and also the reason why they're actually leaving if there's lack of kind of structures and everything and the third uh, is basically low compensation as well as the rising cost of living i think we know that you know uh, everyone we're going through inflation right now so that is basically one of the third reason as well why people are actually leaving jobs hmm. now yeah. um interestingly i think uh, i can't remember the author of the book but you know the hmm. the saying is just people leave their bosses not Companies, you know, employees often leave companies not because they dislike the company or their job or their roles, but rather they want to escape a particular person, usually their bosses, lah. Right? Is is there any indication about people leaving their their supervisors or you know people having issues with their employers? Um, was there anything like that in your report as well? You know, is it the same here in Malaysia as it is like people say everywhere else? Yeah, definitely a very good question, um, and. It's definitely, in, in the report itself, right? So one of the findings, it kind of shows that it is a, one of the most important thing uh, for employees or talents when they look for jobs or even whether to retain them or, or even to keep them or even to attract. It's basically a good relationship with managers and also colleagues. Mm. So this plays a very important part because, and the, the reason why I say this is that they would prefer to have a very strong support structure at work and because of the work stress. So, and also to make the work basically more enjoyable and also meaningful as well. And I can take example, you know, in my team, basically, right? So I emphasize a lot in terms of having clear communication between all of them. So it's a big team, right? So once they have that, right? So you can see that there's a strong sense of belonging and also connections. And also basically they, they trust each other at work and feel respected. So the moment they go to work, right? They know that even if they are at the most down moment, whether it's with families or, or their personal life, they know that in their work structure, someone is actually supporting them. So, and that's the reason. And also the managers, also very understanding as well. So that's why in the report kind of shows it's one of the very important factors on why it matters to employees as well. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So work-life balance, uh, they need to have, uh, well, well, organizations need to have a good leadership structure and need clarity in how they communicate. Uh, we've, we've, we've spoken about all this before. I'm also wondering if, you know, when we talk about work-life balance and, and flexible work arrangements, if location matters, you know, because you said earlier, 
work-life balance doesn't mean like just being able to work from home. But I think that there's been a significant shift after COVID. And you know, there's been also quite a bit of pushback when, when organizations ask everyone to come back to the office full-time, right? Was there anything in the report about that? Yes. Um, I think the, the, the report also kind of shows that um, although uh, everyone kind of like, you know, uh, eager to kind of go back to work, especially post-COVID, right? But there's a like a line, you know, between um, trust as well, because I think uh, employees would prefer that uh, even though they are work remotely, right? So their boss also trusts them when, regardless where they are. So that's why you can see that um, I can say that the change in terms of work arrangement, right? It kind of changed. So in 2021, semi-MCO, basically, there's like, based on the reports, 45% actually work hybrid and 24% work remotely. But mm. fast forward this year, 2023, right? So you can see that the numbers drop, like 25% work hybrid and 10% actually working remotely. Although there's a reduce in terms of the, <clears throat> the time that they actually spend at home. But I think right now, a lot of companies, what they do is that they try to make sure that there's an autonomy in the work in order to allow their employees. So the their own uh, time so that they can basically measure their own time and give them own accountability as well. So, and this is also, I think one of the examples that we have clients telling us that they find their employees actually more productive by mm. introducing a hybrid work arrangement. I think uh, after, especially after COVID. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right, Jonathan, uh, we're going to take a quick break for some messages. But when we come back, we discuss more about the types of uh, career growth opportunities that Malaysians are looking for. And apart from salaries, uh, what do Malaysians look for most when it comes to selecting companies and jobs? All that and more happening on Resource Centre with Jonathan Sia from Randstad Malaysia in just a bit. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Build Fairer Malaysia, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You are listening to Resource Centre. This is Audrey Raj. Uh, online with me today, I have Director of Technology at Randstad Malaysia, Jonathan Sia. And uh, we are talking about Randstad's recent 2023 Employer Brand Research Report. Now, one interesting piece of statistic from this report was that one in three Malaysians are planning to switch jobs in 2023. And we are well uh, within the second half of 2023 already which means that a whole bunch of people would have at least attempted to switch jobs uh, during the year or most probably have already made that transition. Uh, and according to this report as well, it's the millennials who are most likely to want to make that move in a push for work-life balance. Uh, Jonathan, I want to talk about um, career growth opportunities because that is one of the main reasons why most people look to, to move. But what types of career growth opportunities do Malaysians look for? And, and, and also, how do they expect their employers to support them with this? All right. Yeah, so when it comes to career growth opportunities, right, there are a few, few things which I think um, talents are basically looking at. And I think one of them is basically in terms of better training and also development program as well. And the reason why is because uh, right now, right, what happened is that um, there's a lot of like uh, companies out there, basically some of them are offering a very bad, uh, very good uh, career uh, training developments and programs. So basically, and employees find that uh, with having that kind of structures, right, it allows them to know whether how well they're doing and also how they can 
uh, do better in order to achieve their next uh, promotions. And also, it's a good discussion uh, for them to do their yearly review as well. Yeah, so, and that's what they actually look for when it comes to career growth opportunities. It's not just about like, um, like back in the days, it's not just about like, you know, just getting promotion, but also in terms of what kind of training programs that the companies can actually come up with. So that's one of the important things when it comes to uh, career growth opportunities. And I think to kind of add on to that, right? So uh, with advancement in technology, especially right now, right? So I think a lot of uh, jobs scope has been reskilled as well, in a way. So some companies basically coming up with training programs, you know, to make sure that the jobs that is being automated, uh, the employees that who used to do that, they are being uh, reskilled in order to make sure that at least, you know, they can do some other things within the company itself. So that's also another part of how, uh, what employees are looking at when it comes to career growth opportunities. So right now, what happens is that the, there's the change in generations and the expectation uh, of uh, different generations has also changed as well. So for example, I think back in the days, like what you mentioned, you know, during our parents' time, right? So I think for them, it's just getting paid. And, and right now, what the talents wanted is, you know, um, they, they want a little bit more exclusivity and in terms of um, a better, so apart from just salary, like I mentioned previously, right? So they are looking at uh, more important things when it comes to learning and development uh, programs. And it can be as simple as a company providing a paid courses, you know, for example, every year they're going to give you a budget, you know, you can just go out there, uh, attend any external trainings that you want to. And these small little things which company does, right, actually allows them to actually retain employees as well. And uh, we have seen this because I think this is what we do on a daily basis, right? Spoke to talents, spoke to companies, right? So this is what they mentioned. And on top of that, um, job rotations and cross-functional projects, uh, either within the departments or across different countries, is also another factor which allows uh, employees, uh, employees to basically retain their employees as well. Yeah, so... Mm. It's, it's no longer just, you know, I'm paying you high and then you stay. Yeah, so basically it's more than that. Like what I mentioned, <clears throat> mentorship, coaching programs is also something new that people kind of come up with. And that little, little things, uh, which is non-monetary, that actually basically plays a very big uh, role in terms of retaining talent as well. Hmm. But money is still important, right? Is, is salary oh, still, still number one? Um, I would say it's in top three. You won't really go, I mean, because we, they are not in an NGO, right? So in a way, and even NGO get paid as well. So yeah, and due to a uh, rising cost of our living and like inflation as well. And I think that's also one of the top few reasons. So I think back in the days, even until now, you will always see that salary is in the top three. Yeah. Okay, what, what about... What about perks and all? Because we went through this phase where everyone uh, was getting free gym memberships and uh, I, I, I don't know, like wellness opportunities, mindfulness opportunities, you know, th that kind of facilities uh, in the workplace. Um, are there any kind of new perks, uh, you know, besides high salaries and of course bonuses that Malaysians are hoping to get from their employers now? Are there new trends in this area? Um, so... Right after, like even during COVID and also right after COVID, right? So you can see that a lot of them focus a lot on mental health as well and well-being. They actually provide counseling uh, services as well. So, and that is also another perks that I think uh, employees actually provided. Either from outside point of view, they might think, you know, it's a it's not a big thing, but actually within the company, I think a lot of people, it's, it's a very sensitive topic. So they won't really talk to their managers about it, but they do provide the counseling, external counseling services, and that actually helps. And I think... Other than that, you know, other perks is that by allowing a hybrid work environment, so I consider that as a perk and because it gives a lot of opportunities to other people, like people, especially people with like disabilities and also caregivers, they have the options to basically work 
compared to before, which they don't. And right now, they do have the opportunities to work from home and then at the same time to care of their family. So there's no monetary, uh, there's no monetary involved. But again, this helps uh, the this kind of like the, the people within this category in order to have the opportunity to basically work as well. Hmm. Yeah. So these are the other kind of like perks that, you know, it's non-bonus and, you know, non-monetary benefits yeah, that actually uh, employees are actually offering something new apart from your gym memberships and all those. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I think what we've covered today is uh, uh, employees uh, in 2023, Malaysian employees in 2023, they want more autonomy. Uh, when you say work-life balance, it just doesn't mean working from home and the opportunities to do that. But there's more of like, they want to be evaluated on their output, not on being at work from nine to five. That's the kind of flexibility you're talking about when it comes to work-life balance. Uh, they also are looking at enhanced career growth. Uh, they want opportunities to, to be with the people that they, they love and care about. And they want to get along with their boss, correct? Yes. Was there anything else in this report that Malaysian employees want or, or don't want that we haven't covered here uh, in that mm. summary of mine? Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that, you know, um, it's also quite important, I think based on the report, is actually uh, equity, uh, diversity and also inclusion. Mm. And you'll be surprised that, you know, 60% of the respondent based on the report saying that, you know, they, they prefer to work for a company that actively supports such initiative. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's a very big topic. Okay. But to kind of nail it down to more general understanding for the public is basically to have an equal pay policy, regardless whether of their gender and also their ethnicity as well. So, and also they wanted to work for an employer that basically takes a stand on in terms of equity and also inclusion as well. So uh, if let's say there's any uh, social challenges and also which uh, is being encountered in the workplace, they prefer the employee actually steps up and, and, and basically take an action as well. I think this is also another thing uh, which uh, employees or talents basically look at as well. Hmm. Yeah. So before I let you go, Jonathan, do you have any advice for employers out there from Randstad Malaysia on how, uh, what else they can do to make employees happier at work? Um, yeah, so I think uh, one, one of the main things that, you know, I, I think I can give, uh, give out to uh, employers, right, is basically to, I think, not just use salary, you know, as something, you know, to, to attract them, but also looking at more on the non-monetary benefits as well. And also uh, try to uh, listen to the employees, okay, what, what they are basically going through. And then um, also, because I think different industries will have a different kind of work expectation. They, they, they can't, you know, everything work from home, you know. Like, for example, you take like manufacturing sector, you can't just work from home, you need to be on site, right? So you kind of need to cater your employee, your perks uh, according to basically the industries that you're in and also the types of work as well. And I think that's one thing, uh, apart from, you know, all the things that we have spoke about today, right? So I think really listen to them and then try to kind of come up with a, like a proper, like approach better than just salary and high bonuses, yeah, in order to kind of uh, meet what they're looking for so that they can actually retain them because I think talents, I think main thing what they're looking for is people, employer that is willing to listen, yeah, to their struggle as well on a day-to-day basis. All right. Jonathan, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. For more information um, on Randstad's uh, 2023 employer brand research, is there a website that we can go to to go uh, just look at the survey and look at the report? 
Yes, definitely. I think you can always go to www.rentstat.com.my. Yeah, so and you can actually extract our Rentstat Employer Brand Report from there. Or alternatively, they can just reach out to me via LinkedIn and then we can also share the report as well. All right. And if you missed out on any part of this show, you can go look for the podcast on our website. That's bfm.my. You can also find all our podcasts on the BFM app available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. I've been speaking with Jonathan Sia, Director of Technology at Randstad Malaysia. My name is Audrey Raj and this has been Resource Centre on Enterprise, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, Download the VFM app.